0: This is Untitled MMA.
1: Untitled MMA podcast, December twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Folks, Merry Christmas!
2: Wow, it is man. It doesn't feel like Christmas is so close, it fellas. It.
1: It's like fifty degrees where we're at. There's no snow on the ground. It doesn't we're, feel like Christmas. Not at all. Negativo. I thought you were about to say the n-word. That was weird. <laughs> that would have been a retake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Buju. I am Brendan. I'm Bryce. Uh, Not a lot to talk about this week, Uh, kind of a lackluster card this past weekend, and not a card this upcoming weekend, so, um, but we are coming off of UFC Busan, which was headlined by Korean Zombie and Frankie Edgar, and while I picked Zombie to win, that was not the outcome I expected.
2: Really? How do you think it was going to go? I don't think it
1: was going to be a first round, like, pretty easy knockout for the Zombie.
2: I didn't necessarily think that that would be the way that it happened, but it is definitely possible because, I mean, Frankie Edgar has not looked fa- fantastic in, like, a couple years now, probably. Frankie Edgar hashtag washed? He's washed.
1: Hashtag yeah. retire bitch? We don't really hashtag that, but retire no.
2: bitch? Uh, Maybe, but, I mean, there's still plenty of fights that he can win. I, don't, I would like to see him at 135, I guess, if that's something he still wants to do. And he's definitely not fighting Corey Sanhagen now. No, he's not. I wonder how long, I wonder if that
0: fight gets remade.
1: Yeah, I don't know what you do there.
0: Yeah, he's, he's too good to retire even though he is old and washed up now. He's still in the second tier of that division.
2: Yeah, he might be like the third tier because I think the second tier is the Brian Ortegas of the world. Probably, I could agree.
1: And Brian Ortega fucking disposed of him very easily too. So exactly, yeah. I think that those two are on uh, very similar wavelengths. He's uh, ne- he's, zombie he's, and Ortega. He's just in that mode where he's never going to be champion again. He's probably not going to get wins over the Brian Ortegas of the world, or the maybe even the Hanato Moicano's of the world. But I don't know. It's like, are you happy just being the guy that wins? two out of every four, you know what I mean? One out of every two. I don't know why I said two out of every four. But, just like, when one loses one, are you okay with being that guy if you're Frankie Edgar, or do you just go away now and leave the legacy that you already have?
2: I think that he's gonna end up going down to Bantamweight, and we'll see how he looks there. I think if he loses his uh, debut there, then he might try to schedule like a can fight to at least go out on a dub, but I also could see him retiring off of a loss. He just seems like a very honorable dude.
1: When you're getting knocked out 145 and then you're sucking away more of your fucking life force going down to 135, I just don't know if that's the right move either. Yeah, I don't know. But if he, it's something that he still wants to do
2: because 145, I think it shows that he's not even a contender there anymore.
1: Yeah. And... Then as far as Korean Zombie goes, I think he deserves the title shot. Give him the shot. I know it's probably going to be Max, but like we said last week, having Zombie versus Volkanovsky and Max versus Zabit sounds really fucking fun. So.
2: Yeah. That's what those are the fights that I want.
1: And honestly, I think Zombie beats Volkanovsky.
2: Probably, I'd pick Zombie. I'd probably pick him, but it'd be intriguing. Because I mean, I haven't been super I wasn't superbly impressed by Volkanovski against Aldo. I felt like it was more of Aldo's inability to do things. Um, But, I mean, the the way he worked Max, it was very impressive to where his fight IQ and his team might be able to put together a plan to stifle what the zombie can bring.
1: But it's not like he wasn't getting hit against Max. And if you're getting hit against Zombie, you're taking a lot more damage than you are if you're getting hit by Max.
2: This is true. But, I mean, he also hasn't looked like he's ever gotten really hurt. So, we'll see. It's I think I would pick him, but it's very intriguing.
1: It's so rare to find somebody with the type of power that Zombie has at a lower weight class like 145 pounds. And he easily knocked out Frankie Edgar, who is not easily knocked out. Yeah, I agree. It's a very
2: intriguing matchup. I hope that that is what the UFC decides to do.
1: At worst, I hope we get Zombie versus Zabit. Yeah. That doesn't go well for Zabit, or a Zabit or a Zombie versus Yair rematch. I'm okay with that too, honestly. If you put Korean Zombie up against anybody, it's a fun fight. Yeah, it is. That's what he brings to the table. Shout out to the Zombie. Shout out. Um, like I said, not a lot of news this week, and I don't think there's anything else notable at USC Busan, unless you can think of something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it seem
2: I think one thing that. Um, We tweeted on the account where I saw it tweeted. I I feel like it was us, though. Anytime a Korean fighter tends to uh, start to establish themselves in the UFC, Mm -hmm. it's time for that mandatory military service.
1: You should at least get like a deferred service or something, like not have to go right at the peak of your career. Like Da Da Un Jung, I think his name was, got a very nasty knockout this weekend in South Korea. And. I mean, he's right at the age where he's about to go into his mandatory military service. Yeah. You should either be
2: able to it, defer it, like you said, or work out some sort of agreement to where as long as he's winning and working towards the title shot, he should be able to keep fighting. If took, he loses along the way,
1: take him away. It took time out of Korean Zombie's career. Uh Ho Choi is either just coming off of it or just about to go into his mandatory military service. I feel service. like he's about to go into it. so I
2: just. Plus, like, he just got hurt. I think he broke his forearm in that fight. Over the weekend
1: I know it's like that's their the way they do things in South Korea but it seems like you're only hurting yourself in the potential future of like actual prospects in whether it be combat sports or any other sport in South Korea you're kind of taking away from that by making that mandatory and not having any sort of option where maybe they can defer it because of their career path yeah I agree um, but yeah
2: do you have any thoughts on mandatory service or anything ufc busan related brendan
0: uh, i think mandatory service is dumb but i don't live in south korea but i don't think it should be mandatory we yeah. shied away from that and i think oh my God. it should be <laughs> yeah it should be that way i
2: couldn't imagine me in the military that'd be terrible it would be i'd, but... have, I'd have
0: to cut a leg off or something so i didn't have to
2: go. <laughs> um i think that uh The only way out I was telling Buju about this is to win a world championship for your country. So, like, if the zombie would have won a world title by now, I think he would have been able to skip his mandatory, uh... But does a fucking MMA title count, or is that, like, Olympic gold medals? I don't know, because some random, uh, Asian-Pacific thing that, uh, South Korean soccer team won
1: got them out of their military service, so... So you basically have to fucking win a the UFC championship by 26 years old or some shit. Yeah. To get out of the mandatory military service. That's crazy.
2: And he already fought for a belt. He just lost. Yeah. He fought Jose Aldo. It's a tough break. It is. When Jose Aldo is at the peak of his powers.
1: Um, official fight announcement. We got Robert Whitaker versus Jared Cannonier coming up at UFC 248, I believe. Something like that. I think that's it. That's a pretty good fight. And it's
2: a tough one for Robert Whitaker. It is. I wish they would have booked uh, him against Till in London, but oh well, beggars can't be choosers. Is Till the is Till fighting on that card? I he's campaigning for it, but he was campaigning for Robert Whittaker, so I don't know if he's recently changed up who he wants to fight or what. And Yoel's Wells fighting for the belt, so do you give him Paulo Costa? <clears throat> I'm okay with it. Are you okay with it? I
1: Costa beats Till. I'm, sure, that's fine. I don't care. I want to see a good fight. It is a good fight. Do you think Jared Cannonier wants, or do you think the UFC wants Jared Cannonier to beat Robert Whitaker? That seems like not a good scenario. I think that that they've put some
2: effort into building up uh, Robert Whitaker as a guy. And they're both not very marketable, just in terms of what they give in interviews and press conferences. So I think they'd rather have a guy represent Australia than a black guy from Alaska.
1: Whitaker has the stuff to take down and probably get a finish against Cannonier, and I don't know if he can do that. You don't think he can win a decision? I, the style Jared Cannonier fights, I feel like it's a very tough decision to win if you're going five rounds, or it'll probably be three rounds, I guess. Yeah, right? it'll be three. Yeah, that makes it easier for Robert Whitaker. I think he I can win two out of three rounds against Jared Cannonier. That's if he can stuff the takedown, though. And we haven't—he fought Yoel Romero twice, but Yoel doesn't give a fuck about the takedown no. anymore. <laughs> <What>? So, <laughs> has he ever actually utilized his rest? I know in
2: the Chris Weidman fight, you did some. Stupid high level stuff early, to counter
1: what he did early in his career in the fight that he shit his pants. He used his wrestling. Um, I don't know if shitting his pants is what made him shy away from it, but I have not seen him use it to an, a a high extent since then. So it's weird. It doesn't make any sense to me. Every time we talk about Yo Romero, it's like, is this the fight that he decides he's, to be a wrestler again? He's a fucking Olympic wrestler. Yeah, an Olympic. But he's also medalist. one of the best
0: strikers, so. Don't take that away from him. I don't True, know he's, but
2: one of the best. I think he's just one of the most powerful.
0: You can also use your wrestling to set he, up your striking. He, he almost beat, or in some eyes did beat Robert Whitaker in a five-round yeah. stand-up just battle. Just doing some stupid athletic stuff.
2: I think that if he would just utilize his wrestling, he would have been world champion years ago.
1: Because even if there was a threat of a takedown, it also takes away some of your opponent's striking ability. Yeah, which he just didn't do. And I mean, I guess the threat is there just because he is a wrestler, but... When's the last time he even like tried for more than one takedown in a fight? I don't know the last time he actually shot for a takedown and actually went for it. I feel like he did take Robert Whitaker down in the fight that we were there for. I could be wrong though.
2: It could be a thing, but it doesn't. He just doesn't pursue it like he should. But we literally
1: every single time we talk about this, we bring up the same thing. Who's so, who's the next middleweight title challenger after Yoel Romero? Paul Costa, one hundred percent. So Costa beats Till and then gets... Uh, the assuming,
2: I think even if Paul Costa just doesn't do anything. Because that was going to be who fights him. What if Whitaker beats Cannoneer? I don't think it matters. Really?
1: I think they want Paul Costa. I think it's... I don't know. It's a little early for Costa, in my opinion. I mean, it was... He did I, fucking start Joel Romero, though, which is wild. Yeah. And now Uwe Romero's getting a title shot. So I don't know. I mean, he
2: didn't starch him. He beat him in a decision. his split decision. Was it a split decision? I don't feel like that fight was close. I feel like it was split, but it was a decision. I remember Costa winning pretty
1: handily in my book anyway.
2: Oops. I felt like it was just a matter of Joel Romero was too tentative. I feel like that's, that was my takeaway from the fight. But um, I hope that the UFC does book Costa until, if he's even available, because the reason he's not fighting Israel now is because he had a bicep injury.
1: and I think Israel Adesanya would pick Costa apart.
2: Yeah, I think so, too. I think I don't see anyone that could beat him right now. Yeah, I agree. Just in theory, unless then like Joel Romero decides he was going to go full bore.
1: I'm going to wrestle you for five rounds. Kelvin got awfully fucking close. And Kelvin stinks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, middleweight is probably the most intriguing division right now, just because uh, how wide open it feels, even though Israel also feels like it could be a very dominant champion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I can't think of a weight class right now that's more interesting than 185. I get 170s kind of up there, too, I guess. I
2: think every, everything from 145 up to 185 is super interesting. And then you have 205. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that.
1: Um, but I feel like we might. Henry Cejudo stripped of his 125-pound belt deservedly. Yes. He was never going to defend that fucking belt. The dude could barely make weight. No. And now you're getting Joseph Benavidez versus Jose Figueredo or something like that. I've never heard of Figueredo, if I'm he being honest. He fought at um Nashville. Did he? Yeah. He lost to lost. Garcia Formigo. Formiga. Okay. Sure. Um yeah. Joseph Benavidez probably, I would assume, finally going to get his hundred and twenty five pound championship that has yeah. been this has been eluded him for a long time. Paper It champ. sucks that he doesn't actually get to fight the real champion. Um kind of bullshit on Henry Cejudo's part, but especially because I mean Benavides beat him.
0: Yeah.
2: I, I don't think I was, he beats him again though. Yeah, I think he does. I don't think that if... Because I think that the weight cut for Cejudo to 125 is hard, whereas Benavidez is 100% at 125. he
1: fucking beat Mighty Mouse at 125. (laughs) Yeah. And we've seen Joseph Benavidez lose to fucking Sergio Pettis, so... Yeah. Benavidez is
0: not that great. It's
1: going to be a... Whoever the champion is, not a good champion at all. He's he's always destined to be the second best 125 pounder. (laughs) Maybe he finally gets to be number one now. Yeah, just because Cejudo has gotten fat,
2: he looks soft as all get out in the videos that I've seen of him recently. I fucking hate
1: Cejudo, dude. Yeah, it he's he's soft. He's a top three most hated fighter in the UFC for me. I think. Who else is up there? Colby and hmm. Good question. I have to come up with the third one yeah. without having dead air. Um, I don't know. Do who do you hate in the UFC, Brendan? Colby.
2: Anyone else? Colby. A third. Covington.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's tough. I can't think of anybody. I know
2: there's other people that I hate. Only people, person that I feel like I truly hate in the UFC is Colby Covington.
1: Hmm. Now you got me thinking way too hard. Yeah. Jermaine Duran to me. Yeah, she's up there. I don't know I don't if like she'd her. be top three though. I just don't like her. <laughs> um, and then I, the last bit of news for the whole fucking week. Roy McDonald's going to the Pro Fighters League. What a fall from grace for Roy McDonald.
2: I think that it was one of those cases he cashed in when he was at the top of the UFC. UFC got a big money deal at Bellator. I would say very much underperformed there compared to what everyone thought. I also think part of that is that um, Bellator's 170 division is actually pretty deep. And now he's going to try to get this last cash grab and dip. Seemed like there was a
1: time that Roy McDonald was the fucking heir to the hundred and seventy pound crown. Yeah. He was gonna be the heir to uh GSP, my guy. Yeah, and then lost a couple times, had the fucking the fight with Robbie Lawler. Um that's basically what sent him out of the UFC. Never really been the same since then. He was pretty decent Bellator, mm-hmm. not quite the best. Gets now he's headed to Pro Fighters League where I don't know if I know a single other person's name on the roster.
2: I know the Kayla one. Harrison. Brendan Laughlin, he was on a contender series and he didn't get a contract and people were upset with about it.
0: Sure. That's sounds, it. He sounds real. <laughs> he gave us two very notable fights in Lawler 1, Lawler 2, so that's all he's good for.
1: Honestly, that's his legacy is losing to Robbie Lawler.
0: Yeah. But those were two awesome fights. And I think the second one was maybe, if not, fight of the year. Has anybody's expectations ever panned out in MMA before?
1: Like, Roy McDonald was definitely going to be the guy in everybody's mind. And then he's just he's in Pro Fighters League in 2020. Yeah. I guess it depends how
2: far forward you want to think. Because, I mean, everyone thought that Conor McGregor was going to be the guy, and then he ended up being the guy for a second. And then everything happened. Right. John Jones, I have a strong feeling that people thought he was going to be the guy. He has very much been the guy.
0: He lived, he lived up to expectations.
1: But there's also been a lot of things that we didn't foresee with John Jones, too. Yeah, without a doubt. Isn't it wild that the next fight card is going to be Cowboy and Connor? That's it? Yeah. Man, that's like three weeks. Yeah. Holiday break, I guess. And Even though we just came off of like a lengthy break with no fights.
2: I will say, though, if this means that we get better cards, I'm okay with it. Because we've said this before. We don't need fights every single weekend if they're going to give us better fights when we have them.
1: But we also just had UFC Busan. <laughs> yeah. Granted, it was supposed to be Ortega. Well, even still. It still wasn't event, even that. If it, it was because it was in South Korea. Yeah. I give it a benefit of the doubt. Like, you don't put your best guys. I thought the whole event was starting at 5 a.m. The fucking main card started at 5 a.m. I thought tough. I was going to wake up and watch Zombie and Frankie. It was just over. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough. I think that
2: um, if they have events like that, they don't try to put a whole bunch of
1: uh, emphasis in on a great card. You would think, like, that means the main event happened at, like, fucking 5 a.m. on the West Coast. Like, you're not even making it somewhat accessible to people. Yeah. Nobody's up at 8 o'clock on a Saturday by choice on the East Coast. (laughs) Well, I mean, at the same
2: time... It was in South Korea for the South Korean fighters and to try to capitalize on that sweet, still, sweet Asian market. Like, they should have... I mean, I don't know what you do. What's
1: the time difference to Busan, South Korea? finding out the time difference. It is 2.59 a.m. there right now, so 14-hour difference. Okay. I mean, I guess you could... There's not a yeah, lot There's you nothing <laughs> you can
2: do there unless you want to have the fight at 8 in the morning there.
1: Yeah. But still, like, you're not even trying to have it for the American market at that point, but I guess Which the streaming it wasn't for the American market with streaming and everything. I don't know.
2: I don't know. It, it wasn't for the American market at all. Otherwise, they would have put some Americans on it. That mattered. Mm, Frankie Edgar was in the main event. He was against the Korean Zombie, and he wasn't even the main option.
1: Uh, what do you do with Brian Ortega next? Now that this fight's happened, and Frankie Edgar lost to a Zombie. See what happened. One forty-five is kind of a, a. It's a pickle, not meat. a mess, but kind of stacked right now too. Yeah. I mean, I think that he could be
2: a backup fill-in fighter for any of these fights that we've previously talked about, whether it's beat against whoever beat fights, whoever Volkanovski fights. He could be a backup if someone pulls out, or he can take a fight against someone ranked lower. I don't see him wanting to do that. I see him wanting to do that uh, backup role rather than fight some bum, but...
1: Alexander is your champion at 145 pounds. Brian Ortega, Zabit Magomed Shapirov, or whatever the fuck. Frankie Edgar, Yair Rodriguez, Chan Sung Jung, a.k.a. Korean Zombie, Hinata Moikano, Jose Aldo, Jeremy Stevens, Josh Emmett, Calvin Yair. Guitar.
2: If he really wants to fight,
1: have him fight Yair. I'm just saying, what a stacked division right now. It is. I it's think pretty good all the way down to 13 at Merksad bectic and then you have Ryan Hall at 14, so it falls off there. Yeah. But a lot of really fucking solid fighters, 145 pounds right now, and that's right up there with middleweight, like we were just talking about. Mm -hmm.
2: I think, I mean, the the UFC, this is like some of the deepest. Actually, I don't know if this is even true, because I just know a lot more now. So, No, I think I agree with you. It's probably the deepest it's ever been. Mm -hmm. But I
1: will say, though, 155 has always been deep ever since I started watching the UFC. And the thing is, like, top to bottom, that might be the deepest division, but you almost need Tony Ferguson to somehow get a win against Khabib to keep the division interesting, because yeah. what's left after that? I mean, there's plenty of guys that he hasn't fought, but at the same time, yeah. if you if you beat there's plenty of guys John Jones hasn't fought too, but that doesn't mean it's interesting.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. But like I was gonna say, if you, I mean, those are the
1: big challengers: was Connor and Tony. What you kind of need is Tony just to like make this a close fight, so even if Khabib gets a win, you can justify a rematch and hope for the best in that, because. Let me pull up the lightweight rankings, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of intriguing ones for Khabib on the horizon. Khabib could fight Kevin Lee or Justin Gaethje. So he's got Tony Ferguson next. He already beat Poirier. He already beat Conor. Um, Gaethje would be next. That's a, that's a good one. I like Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. I think it's intriguing, but I think we know how it goes. Cerrone's not going to fight Khabib. Paul Felder's not going to get to fight Khabib. Dan Hooker, Kevin Lee, Ally Quinta, Edson Barboza, Conor McGregor, Gregor Lesby, Charles Oliveira. That's just not like... None of those guys are getting fighting against Khabib, and none of them have a chance against Khabib. even if they did.
2: Yeah. It's...
1: It's not an ideal situation.
2: I... And I was talking to someone about this, and we've talked about this before. The closer we get to this fight actually potentially happening, the more sure I am of how it's going to go, and it's the other way of when I originally thought of it. Uh, I think that... Khabib is a lot better than we thought when this fight was originally scheduled like four years ago, so he should be better. And Tony has not gotten any
1: better. If not, he's
2: worse than I thought.
1: We're less than three months away from both Connor versus Cowboy and Khabib versus Tony. Well, that's like four months, but yeah. That's a plan for April. It's about, oh, is it April? I thought it was March. But yeah, those are two great fights that we have coming up in the first quarter of 2020. Yeah, first third. Yeah, first, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Forgot how math works there for a second, but um, yeah, fun times ahead. Just not fun times right now because boy, are
2: we in a lull. Yes, we are. But we're gonna keep churning out this content for
1: you guys because we love you. Should we go over the Untitled MMA award winners for 2019? Did we go? Did we finish them? Yeah, I think we got what we need. So fight of the year, the Untitled MMA fight of the year, official fight of the year, Israel versus Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. I was I think it was close between that and Usman versus Covington. Maybe because of Usman versus Covington was recent, but Adesanya versus Gaston was one of those fights where you come off of it like I can't believe I just got to watch that.
2: Yeah, that was that, and, that was a moment
1: in his career without a doubt. It just being the culmination of what is the run that Israel went on in the short amount of time he did it. What was this, his fifth UFC fight or something like that? He became yeah, the champion? Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. Super, this is one of the special MMA moments that we've ever got to see. And it was a great fight to, like, cap it off. Even though that didn't crown him as the champion, it got him to the championship fight. Yeah, that's so, interim belt, right. I think. But yeah, that's the fight of the year, in my opinion. And I don't think it's too much of a question when you really think about it. And then the fighter of the year is Ratasanya, which is also hard to argue. Yeah,
2: a lot of people are arguing Jorge Masvidal because of recency. Right. But, I mean, it's tough. You can't, I mean, he won two title fights this year, including the
1: fight of the year. It's, and Jorge is, the run he had this year was special. But it also, Israel being the fight of the year also kind of goes into last year where he put this run together. And it's not like this is the latter part of his career like Jorge Masvidal's on. And Masvidal, obviously, the I would say the breakout fighter of the year, if that was a, an award. But the fact that Israel went from, no, you've never heard his name, to champion within the same run is an insane accomplishment. Without a doubt. And also, I think with
2: Jorge, he fought lesser, much lesser opponents. He fought a, I mean, maybe not much lesser, but lesser guys. He didn't fight for be- a yeah. legitimate belt. He fought Nate Diaz outside of his natural weight class. He fought a fat Ben Askren way out of his prime, which, I mean, was a special mo- special moment in our knockout of the year, I'm pretty sure. And then it was Darren Till, I think, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And also an
1: honorary fight. He gave Leon Edwards a three-piece in the soda. Um, we'll get into the rest of the awards next week. That's just a little preview of what we got. Um, I don't think there'll be a lot of news next week either with the holidays and everything. And there is something I want to get into and in post MMA discussion for Brennan has to leave cause he has a hard out today. So go ahead and do the MMA plugs. Cause that's it for MMA at 25 minutes into the show.
2: Wow. Um, so if you do like this, give us a shout on our various social media platforms. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at untitled MMA, facebook.com slash untitled MMA. Give us a like, follow, uh, subscribe also however you're listening to this podcast we're on various platforms we're on youtube uh stitcher soundcloud itunes google play most podcast platforms were out there so if you could give us a a like comment share subscribe and review that would help the
1: show grow and we'd really appreciate it so star wars came out this week we've all seen it we went through all the awards No, no i said we'll do the rest next week that's weird what doing half and half well, I mean, we'll go through the whole thing next week, but that's also the end of the year show, and you have to leave today, so, and I want to talk about Star Wars.
0: It's fair. Star Wars is always essential.
1: Um, so, yeah, we're all big Star Wars fans. It came, Rise of Skywalker came out this week. Um, so it's going to be a spoiler-heavy discussion, yeah, I would Yeah, so
2: if you haven't seen, if you like Star Wars and you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, for one, get your life together. Go see it right now. Drop any, if you're working, leave, quit. It's also a
1: movie you don't want to see, knowing spoilers. So yes, just Uh, yeah, without a doubt. Log off, King. Sound the spoiler klaxon. Yeah, (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, Rise of Skywalker came out. I'm surprised at how decisive it is on the internet. I saw it for the second time last night, and I loved it more the second time than I did the first time. And it's not like I'm somebody who just because it's Star Wars, it's enough for me. Like there's enough enough Star Wars movies that I don't like. And I thought this was a very good Star Wars movie. Not perfect, for sure, but I thought it was very good. Do you think it's better than The Last Jedi? I think it's so... The Last Jedi Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker are 1A, 1B, 1C to me. They're all very close. Okay. All interchangeable. Right. With A New Hope and Return of the Jedi as well. Okay.
0: In this trilogy, it's definitely The Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens, and then The Last Jedi. That's the correct order.
1: I think that
2: the Rise of Skywalker is my least favorite out of this trilogy.
1: That's
0: wild.
2: And we can talk about it. That's, I'd love to. That's wild. Let's talk about it. All right. So, um, I, well, let's, first off, I hated the way that it ended. I wish, really? That, yeah. I did not like that Rey lived. It would have been better if it was but the it's... Rise of Skywalker to have someone with an actual Skywalker bloodline actually make it instead of, oh, I'm just going to take. Their last name,
1: but it's Star Wars. Like it's never gonna have an un- unhappy ending.
2: Yeah, I think that Ben, uh, being there would have been just as fine, or both of them living.
1: But I think you had to kill somebody. It stunk for it to have stakes. I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't can't. think it
2: stunk, but I did not like it as nearly as much as I think they. The first half of the movie, they jumped around way too much and tried to fit in a lot of different information. I agree
1: with – the first time I saw it, I thought it was a lot. A lot was happening. But when I saw it the second time last night, it did not feel the same way it did the first time. Maybe it's because I was expecting it this time, Mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like it was as chaotic as it was the first time I saw it. I'll have to see it again, but
2: I, I mean there still was a lot happening. You can agree with, I'm sure. Yeah. I think it,
0: that the argument's so bullshit, though. Because then, then if they don't do anything at all, then it's like, oh, it's so slow. They don't do enough. Like, Well, I also am argument. not
2: one to criticize a movie for being too slow. Like, I really, really enjoyed The Joker, and you complained that it was too slow. I thought that it was fine.
0: You complained that as well. I,
2: no, mean, I said it, that it was, but I didn't complain about it.
0: Yeah, if you're doing the same thing over and over, similar to The Joker, where it's, like, the story is almost isn't even progressing, it's just, like, a repetition, it's not that great of a movie here's my thing with i like i like a good storyline don't get me wrong but it was literally the same thing on repeat that's how i felt what the joker Joker. oh we're not talking about joker but um it's a comparison yeah
1: as far as star wars goes and the way that a good chunk of the fans are treating it when force awakens got made the problem with it was everybody said it was too similar to a new hope which it was to be fair okay fine we make the last jedi Everybody says that it's not Star Wars. They took too many risks. That's not how Luke is. So they complain that it wasn't Star Wars enough. Then they make Rise of Skywalker, which I would say is the most Star Wars, Star Wars movie we've ever had. And people say it's too Star Wars. So fucking make up your mind. What are you mad about? What do you
0: want? And similar what, to what other, I'm not talking to you. Uh, okay,
1: you stared me
2: down as you're saying, what What are you mad about? What do you similar want?
0: Similar to another what another podcast says. What was I going to say? The critics are giving it such a bad score because almost because they don't know enough about Star Wars. These people know so much about Star Wars, so like a lot of the things like the critics don't like is the whole Palpatine situation. I don't like that at all either. The, I didn't like it from the jump. For the deeper Star Wars fans, they loved it because they get more information on him because they didn't really get enough back in the other previous movies. That would be one of my complaints about this movie is, though, is
1: that we didn't actually get an explanation on explanation why Palpatine's alive.
2: Yeah. How did he get from the Death Star, which was still on Endor, to this
1: random Sith planet if you had to live on a machine? And that's kind of a complaint about Star Wars in general, almost, is you can just, like, explain anything away as, oh, it's the Force. Yeah. (laughs) This is true. So, but that would be one of my complaints about the movie is Palpatine just kind of being alive for the sake of being alive. You Mm -hmm. didn't really need him in this movie, I don't think. I think you could have done it another way. But I think they executed it well enough. Um, I thought he was creepy as shit in this movie. I thought they pulled that off well. Yeah, I thought y- it had a horror film vibe to it. There the were beginning. yeah, very much some horror film. Like there was almost some jump scares in this movie, which you don't usually get from Star Wars. If you jumped maybe together, for you, yeah, maybe for. I'm you. not saying you. I jumped, but it has jump moments in the movie, like Palpatine all of a sudden being behind Kylo Ren and the lightning, and then when Ray's in the Death Star, and all of a sudden, Dark Side Ray is right there. I didn't like that moment too
2: much either. I mean,
1: those, that's some moment you always have in Star Wars, though, is the Force visions. Yeah. Luke it, had it in Empire Strikes Back and so on and so forth. I, I didn't love it, but like you said, that's just one of those things that happens. What are the other issues I had with this movie? I'm trying to think of them because I have less of them now after I saw it a second time.
0: The, the biggest issue I had isn't even an issue. It was the character that got his head chopped off. Just the way he talked, it almost felt lip-synced rather than... Uh Oh. Like, him talking talking felt weird. The
1: informant that Poe and
0: Finn go and see at the very beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm.
1: That character was really weird. It It didn't feel like a Star Wars character. No. It
2: was weird. It was weird. Now that you think that, I feel like he should have talked in a different language and not English.
0: Because when I was... Like, even the first time I seen it, it seemed like he was trying to lip-sync. Like, the words coming out didn't match. Mm -hmm. Like, didn't synchronize his lips. Yeah, I thought that that was a weird moment. Now that...
2: uh, And then... I feel like part of that jumping around, it didn't give any backstory about who this informant might have been. I just feel like they did a lot with this movie. And I would, no, like, it almost had enough if they did it right, I think, to where it could have been two. But it's not, a, it's not a,
1: And what do you even call four movies in a row? That was going to be my grand point, was if you have a problem with the direction of this movie... Then you have a problem with Disney. It's not because of problems with this movie in particular. It's because they made a trilogy without any plan for three movies. They knew they were making a trilogy and made one movie at a time. It doesn't make any fucking sense to do it that way. Yeah, they but tried. Then, in a lot of ways, were, this was a movie and a half in one movie, and that's why it felt chaotic to some people.
0: I think. But the best trilogy wasn't a movie. At, was a movie at a time as well. So Which it was, was the a, best trilogy. I mean, of all after three. a new hope, it was planned from
1: Empire Strikes Back
0: through. Return of the Jedi. So maybe it's... maybe it. You can counter-argument anything because, like you said previously, but it's, the most have, planned out was the worst one. But, but Lucas had one movie that he wrote
1: originally and he said it was too long so he made one movie in hopes that it was going to be good enough to make the next two. So he did at least have an idea of where the story was going when he made A New Hope. When they made Force Awakens, they had no idea what was going to happen in the third movie of the trilogy. But... I mean, you have to have a, an outline of a story. Yeah.
0: I, it was still executed very well. Still a great trilogy. So I agree
1: with you. I
2: just think that, like you said, it was like a movie and a half in one, and it felt very chaotic. They didn't need Palpatine at all, although they, I feel like they did pull it off fairly well. The fact that he was in it at all
1: was stupid. I just wish we could have got some more explanation on some things. How did he get the giant fucking fleet that he had on Exegol? With a million ships, we don't know how many of them were manned. That was very not explained.
0: Um, but just he had all these years to develop it without any. It wasn't that long him. though.
1: I mean, it was
0: thirty years ish. Thirty years to, is a lot of time to build some ships. Well, I mean, <laughs> but like, where do you get the resources to build them and all yeah, that shit? Exactly. He, I mean, he is the fucking emperor. I'm sure he can handle. some And then vids. he had
2: all of those just ri- people. It was like
0: a coliseum. His
1: cult thing when they were doing the ceremony. That was just a Sith cult, though. Like, I didn't need yeah. that explained to me. I kind of got hey, it. I kind of got it, but it was just weird. I just want to know how he was alive. That's the one big
2: thing. How me. did he get to, from Endor to this place?
1: Yeah. Why were his fingers all fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> the, my biggest fear was that they were—they had to make Rey related to somebody. That's, I did not want that. I like the idea that The Last Jedi gave us where anybody can...
2: use the force anybody can be a jedi yeah that was the thing that i most liked about the last jedi Mm -hmm. and that's why it's my favorite of of this trilogy and why uh return of skywalker rise rise of skywalker rise of skywalker i don't know how i didn't know that uh took that away that he she happened to be a palpatine
1: they didn't entirely take it away because like finn was very force sensitive in this movie not that he was using the force but he could definitely feel it a lot like leia yeah but um, besides, oh my gosh,
2: besides Leia and the one,
1: oh! Uh, oh, and Last Jedi? Yeah. That was the, the worst,
2: the, that was the worst se- thing I've ever, ever seen in a Star Wars film.
1: One of the worst things I've seen in a movie that i enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they didn't entirely get away, from, but from the moment I saw Force Awakens, I was worried that they were going to make Ray related to somebody. And they did end up making Ray related to somebody, and they did it well enough that I didn't care. And I, I thought it was well executed. That she was a Palpatine.
2: I'm I'm under the same. Did ball. you know that she was a Palpatine as soon as she let out the uh, electric out of her fingers? Did you know that I one thought was,
1: I thought it was going to be something where Palpatine was manipulating her like she did, like he did Anakin. And I
0: mean, yeah. the first thing I thought in that situation was Palpatine, but I didn't think of any relation or anything like that. I just thought she is the one person who has the powers of Palpatine in yeah. a sense. Like she is the strongest force user outside of Palpatine, which gave her. The, the powers to use. I, I thought media
2: thought immediately thought that she was a Palpatine. I, I was hoping that she wasn't like his uh, daughter because that would have been creepy. Yeah. Um, but I immediately thought that, and I kind of was bummed out. But, but it turned out a lot better. I don't hate the
0: movie. I just think it's the
2: worst of the three.
0: From seeing the trailer, I definitely i am. I was one that didn't want her to be related to anybody. It was cool that she can be nobody. I was. I'm in agreement with that. Even though in the trailer, hearing Palpatine laugh was like it was like exhilarating. It was fun and cool to see, and I didn't want it to happen. But it was like from a nostalgic factor, like it was cool to see in the trailer. Although I didn't want it to happen, but they used it really well in the movie, so I'm glad it happened this way.
1: One of the biggest complaints I've seen on Twitter about the movie is that they tried to cram so much nostalgia into the movie. I don't feel like that was necessarily the case. Like I don't feel like there was an overwhelming amount of nostalgia. Like, you had the Death Star, but it wasn't, like, a, a poignant part of the movie. Right. You had Vader's mask, but that's been in all three movies. Mm-hmm. Lando was there, but you've had old characters from every movie in all three of these movies. Yeah. I don't know what the nostalgia complaint's about.
2: I think that they brought in uh, Luke again after he died. They brought in but That was Han always going Solo. to happen. I mean, that was, this I, was... I'm just saying, these are what they think, and it's more than what the last two movies had. I would say.
1: I mean, this movie is ending one of the greatest. Yeah, it's also the ending of the story involving all those characters. Yeah, I'm just saying. This is what. I'm not. And I think the Han Solo movie was arguably the best moment of the movie. It was good. Where he helps turn Ben Solo back to the light. Yeah, it was
2: good. But. I wish also at the very end they would have done it better. Because I to- was talking to you that I would have liked to see. All of the OGs in the little... The Force vision ghosts yeah, or whatever yeah. we call. I, I wanted to see Ben with his parents. I wanted to see Yoda. I wanted to see Obi-Wan. I wanted to see
0: all of it. My my Going off that, my, only, my biggest disappointment was not seeing Anakin, but it's 100% necessary not to see him at all. It's just more also of my a... little fan perspective that I wanted. He's aged makes sense. since
1: we last saw him in fucking Revenge of the Sith, which is... Saying was, that
2: they couldn't do a good
1: CGI, CGI, CGI. Like, how'd they do Leia this whole movie? Those were just cuts from what they've had before, outtakes and all that stuff. Mm. And there were moments you could tell, like, they were definitely just using what they had left. Yeah. Like, she just kind of says out of nowhere, never underestimate a droid. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking was That was random? It was pretty random, dude. No. Like, you can tell they fucking forced that in there to try and get more Leia into the movie. Because... Oh, uh, what? What did what did BB Eight do? Because Ray says something about I'm not worthy of the of Luke's lightsaber yet, and BB Eight just kind of beeps, and Ray goes, "No, you can't do it for me," and Leia says, "Never underestimated droid." That
0: doesn't really make sense. And then it was it was used later where she said oh she repeated yeah, they what she said called back
1: to it but it was definitely written around what they had
0: left of Leia is what I'm well, saying Well I mean yeah but it's not like it's clearly forced or anything to the point where it was. it's disturbing or anything no I don't I disagree I don't they think they executed it, her as perfectly I'm as not you could. saying it disturbed the movie I'm saying it
1: was obvious that they were just using what they had left of Leia and they and forcing it, forcing with in whatever what they, they had. had to I don't know if they executed perfectly with but what they had I mean, they had to do what they had to do. I can't blame them for that, but I'm just saying it was obvious that they were using what they had left of lay and forcing whatever
0: they had in the movie. I mean, they do it. They had to do what they had to do. We're agreeing. Yeah. <laughs> but I I don't think we're in agreement to how well it was used. I'm just saying it was obvious. Do, do you think it was used as well as it could have been used?
1: Yes, I'm saying you can't okay. blame them for what they had to do, but I'm just saying it was obvious. All right. And it stood out. All right. Okay. They should have killed her in Last Jedi. They should have. Honestly. Or in the should very of died beginning was, of this one. That was their one plan from the beginning was Force Awakens is Han's movie, Last Jedi is Luke's movie, and Rise of Skywalker is Leia's movie. But Leia went ahead and died before they <laughs> made Rise of Skywalker, so they couldn't make it her movie. Yeah. It, was, not in the sense that they wanted to. Another one that. of the best moments of the movie was when Chewie finds out that Leia died and his reaction was fucking awesome. He just goes crazy. Yeah. That was he, good did, shit. He, he did lose it. That was a, that was another weird part of the movie. That's another complaint, is they just killed Chewie, but he's not dead. Like, there what was the point ships. of that? I know, but what was the point of that? I don't understand that why it were so...
0: I think it just adds to the emotion. I think having, like, fuck, Chewie died, it brings back the emotions, and then having him come back. It's like, it, uh, they, it plays with your emotions. It gets you down, then brings you back yeah. up. But, like, they didn't let the moment breathe at all, and that was part of the chaotic part. Because it
2: was, like... Maybe
0: they could have done
1: this later. They could have done the same thing without, with us knowing that Chewie was still alive,
0: but the characters think he's dead. Yeah. Like that would have made more sense. You know what I'm saying? I I can understand your argument, but I don't. This breathing argument's so weird to me because you I mean, got to make was all was this right? happen and continue the story in two in, about two hours to two and a half hours. Should have made it longer. But I'm just saying, like they don't let you be emotional about any of the emotional parts in the movie. I mean, if you don't get emotional right away from the aspect of him dying, then when are you going to get emotional? I knew that he wasn't dead, You though. need 10 minutes to get emotional that Chewie died? doesn't make fucking sense. No, you don't need 10 minutes, but you need fucking 30 seconds. It was it was a few minutes before Chewie came back.
1: I know it was a few moments before he comes back, but he the fucking ship explodes and we're immediately on to the next thing.
0: That's what that's that's the that's letting a moment breathe. Like That's a very movie-making 101. I don't know. If you just focus on one thing, then the movies, then you would have to make it three or four, three, three, three and a half hours. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they should have made a
1: plan for the trilogy in advance. That way, they didn't have to a movie and a half in the last movie. That's all I'm saying. Like I love the movie. I'm agreeing with you, but you also have to make. It wasn't made as well as it could have been made if they would have had a
0: plan, a grand plan from the beginning. Yeah. But I think if just Chewie never dying just takes away some of the emotion that was put into the movie. And moving your emotions throughout a movie is Did you get emotional when Chewie died, quote unquote died? Emotional for me, yes. I don't cry or anything.
2: I didn't get emotional at all because I knew he wasn't
0: dead. I saw two
2: ships and I knew that that wasn't him.
1: It was also the moment was more about Rey having these powers she didn't know that she had instead of about Chewie dying. You know what I'm saying? It's both in a way. From a certain point of view, as some might say, <laughs> what I will say is they interview introduce the greatest character
0: in the history of Star Wars in this movie, Babu Frick. <laughs> Watching him on repeat is twenty times better than. Original. Me and Brendan were
1: cracking up
0: at Babu Frick when we saw it last night. Uncontrollably laughed, <laughs> and then once I burst it out because it wasn't like a huh, 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 like a build up laugh. Like, well, I yeah, like I was
1: laughing so hard, no noises coming out of your body. <laughs>
0: But the first laugh, the spark of it all, was just like one of those where you just put, like, yeah. you know, where it just comes yeah. out of nowhere. And as explicit. soon as I start laughing, I hear, like, <laughs> the Mexicans sitting down from us start laughing, too. He goes, oh, That's oh I, I it. <laughs> almost already. <laughs> I fucking
1: lost <laughs> it. Babu Frick is fucking awesome. He's, yeah, yeah. He's whatever he says. Hey! And we're not going to get any more of him, probably. Or maybe that'll be one of the side missions. I want a Babu Frick Disney Plus show.
0: I'm down with, Babu with it. Babu Frick is awesome.
1: That's also a theory on the internet is that moment at the end. With Lando and the fucking horse girl. What's? Well, I don't know her name. <laughs> oh yeah. When she, when she just sits down and asks Lando where he's from, the gold system turns around. Where are you from? I don't know. Let's find out. People think that's gonna be a Disney Plus show as Lando and whoever the fuck that is. Yeah. Which sure. I guess. I love Lando. I, I, didn't, I mean,
0: I, I'm down for legit anything. That one character. I didn't really like her character. I didn't really like having she horses was also, and she space. Was kind whatever. of like.
1: That was weird. She, she was weaved into the ending in a way, but it was her character didn't really mean anything like At that. All. That could have been Finn
0: and Rose instead mm-hmm. of Finn and whoever. That That's one was. Criti- criticism I had. Like fucking horses running on a ship in space. I mean, they used it well to the point where like they tried to like they gave me Fast and Furious vibes. Yeah, it was big Fast and Furious <laughs> vibes. Where like they they tried to shut down the the speeders, but. They were on ho- horses or whatever yeah. it was, so they couldn't shut it down. So they used that part well with what they used, but at the same time, you can't I didn't tell like me that.
2: that a frickin' laser cannon can't lock onto a thing. Yeah, I don't know. It was, <laughs> what was the? They said to lock onto the speeders to like shoot. No, them. they said no. Jam, they wanted to jam them. Oh, jam them. Yeah, oh, whatever.
1: You can't tell me though that they couldn't just blow them to smithereens. That being said, I think this was the best acted Star Wars movie we've ever had. I think all the acting in this movie was great. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver was fucking awesome as Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo. Harrison Ford was very good in his moment. Ray was the was the best acting she's had in the whole series. Finn was very good. I think Poe Dameron was the breakout star of this movie. I think he was super likable. Poe is the GOAT. Poe was awesome. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a very good Star Wars movie. Somewhere between three and s- sixth favorite. Somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm probably closer to five-ish, if I had to say. Okay. I mean, I would have to legit watch every
2: single one again to get a more accurate uh, guess, but I would say it's
1: give or take around there. Fair enough. Top three. Top four. Brendan definitely liked it the most out of us. Bryce liked it the least out of us, and I'm in the middle. Yeah. If I
2: had to guess, it might be like sixth or seventh. That's
1: fair. I don't think that's a crazy take. Because uh, i I'm not a fan of that take at all. Whatever. Putting the first three I'm above time, so.
0: this okay. whole trilogy would be I mean, perfectly fine with me. I mean, even the fans would agree that The Last Shadow is not to this level. It's
2: better. Just in the sense of the story that it gives. They just went away from what i felt like the last jedi could have built and that's why i don't like it
1: nearly as much as I. if like you want the to last talk jedi. about bad moments the last jedi has a lot of bad moments oh without a it doubt. has the
0: worst scene in star wars history
1: without well, a doubt uh, and i wasn't even thinking about that i was thinking about the whole casino story yeah the casino story didn't mean anything. the
0: only reason that i love last jedi yeah. to the point where i do is one of the greatest scene, one of my favorite scenes in star wars history as well and with ray snoke and Kylo yeah. fighting That's the throne room fighting scene. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, my favorite scenes in Star Wars history. Which I think this the lightsaber
1: battle between Rey and Kylo in this movie on the Death Star
0: is going to be very underrated because it was very fucking good. It mm-hmm. was really good. And I don't was feel like great. anybody's talking about it. I'm not a big fan of how, like, I mean, this is one. Of, it's what they do. but I I'm not a fan of that. Jedi's can jump the, the super far. Film, I
1: hate the fucking flip shit. I hated it in. Phantom Menace and I didn't like that part of this, but overall I think it was a very good lightsaber battle. Yeah,
0: it was awesome. Not the best, but it was awesome. Best was Vader and Obi Wan and Honeywell. <laughs> yeah, <that was> <laughs> 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 all
1: right. That was a very kind of rambling Star Wars talk, but final ratings for Rise of Skywalker, Bryce? Three. Huh? Three out of five. Oh. <laughs> that was I was going out of ten, but oh, okay. Six. Six out point of ten. Two. Six point two out of ten. That's wild. I would say eight point two out of ten. I'd say nine rookie score <laughs> huh? 9.5 that's high <laughs> <laughs> 95% baby I respect it, though. It deserves the 86% that it has on Rotten Tomatoes. I very much enjoyed it, but I just didn't like the way that it went. It's also just a movie you're always going to find things to pick apart because it is such an important movie and such an important franchise.
0: Yeah. They are ending the greatest series, well, greatest trilogy. I don't think this That's is the last right. we see of the Skywalker story. No. I think we see more of Rey down
1: the line at some point. Yeah. Without a doubt. They said they won't, though, so I don't know. Eh. Disney likes making money, though. And Ray are gonna make money Ray. no matter what they do. Daisy Ridley says she's kind of
2: open to it too. So, mm. I mean, they're going make. They want to make a lot of money off of Star Wars. They d- didn't
1: pay a small amount. I'm gonna marry Daisy Ridley, and we're gonna live how happily ever after. Ridley, her smile
0: is perfection. She's awesome. I love her. I'm out of here. All right. See All right, you, you later.
1: Juices.
2: All right. Is there anything else? I think we did it. All right. It's what? a wrap. Oh it's no!
1: Oh uh, oh oh! Uh. We gotta get used to the new part. Uh, uh, I don't remember how the new part goes. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't I'm, know what you're talking was about. Was it Ambuju? Or no. For Brendan, for Bryce, Ambuju. This was the Untitled MMA podcast. And it's a wrap. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>